people forget that YouTube is really a search engine before it's anything else. It is the second largest search engine in the world behind Google. Ready to spend 15 minutes with the experts you admire? Need strategy sessions from thought leaders brought directly to your ears? Welcome to the Sprocket Talk 15-Minute Strategy Podcast, where every week George B. Thomas uncovers the challenges that sales, marketing, and service professionals face. And of course, the strategies to help them overcome their biggest hurdles. So sit back and set your sights on growth with these bite-sized conversations filled with pure strategy gold. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 15-Minute Strategy Podcast. Hey, Sprocketeers, it's your boy, George B. Thomas. We're back with another episode of the 15-Minute Strategy Podcast, where we try to give you, well, some strategy in sometimes 15 minutes. Hey, you know the running joke. But today, I'm super excited because I have a guest, Will, and I've been told that he is the man of man when it comes to this topic that we're going to talk about today. And of course, you know, we never dive into the deep end until we introduce our guest. So, Will, why don't you let the Sprocketeers, the viewers, the listeners know who you are, what you do, and where you do it. Yeah, hey George, appreciate having me on, and hello to the Sprocketeers that tune into this. Uh, my name is Will Schultz. I'm the lead video sales and marketing consultant at Impact Branding and Design. And so my week to week is essentially meeting with clients that I work with for like six months to two years on a weekly basis for 30 minute meetings as they start to insource a video production team and create effective sales and marketing videos, essentially. That's what we do. We talk about process and structure, a lot of strategy conversations, and then finally the, the more higher echelon of like the cultural adoption of businesses that are getting excited about producing content and getting in front of the camera. Well, that sounds awesome. And I love the word insourcing. And Sprocketeers, to be honest with you, that's probably a topic we should have on the show in the future is insourcing versus outsourcing. But today, that's not the deep end of the pool. The deep end of the pool is YouTube. And really, it's YouTube or YouTube. Or is it YouTube? And what I mean by that is a mindset that we as businesses should have. So Will, when it comes to understanding or leveraging or thinking about this mindset of a business style YouTube channel versus what everybody else on the planet thinks of YouTube, what are the foundational pieces that we need to put out so the Sprocketeers can carry a conversation today? I think that's a great starting point. I'll, I'll start with a couple of precedents here. The first that I want to say is that businesses are starting to think about creating video because 80% of content online now is people just consuming video. I mean, 80% of internet traffic in 2020 is video consumption, which is an absurd statistic, which means that businesses are really required to meet people at the medium that they're consuming information, right? People see YouTube and, and I think everyone has this sort of predetermined conception of what YouTube has become because we all have our favorite few followers or things that we check out when we're on YouTube. And people forget that YouTube is really a search engine before it's anything else. It is the second largest search engine in the world behind Google. And it's no surprise that Google owns YouTube. So it's slowly becoming more and more assimilated into being one big search engine mesh that when somebody asks a question to Google or to YouTube, Google is gonna curate the best answer to that question. That's all Google tries to do every single day. And a lot of times, and more and more often now, a video is what people are preferring to watch or consume to get that information. That's what I wanna just lay down before is that the mindset the businesses need to have with YouTube is as if it is a Google. It should be seen as a search engine before it's a community platform or an ad revenue maker or anything like that. 
So let's start with the human that is involved, and that is the watcher. Will, why do you, as a video expert, think that us as humans are watching more video versus reading more articles? What is the major shift that is happening in our culture today? Yeah, that's a really good, good question. I don't want to bring it down to laziness. I think there's a better way to put it, but it's honestly convenience and ease of understanding. People are distracted all the time. Now we have so much information coming at us. And when we're learning something now, we almost require more stimulation. And if it's my job to go decide on this big blog article or whatever I'm looking at that's written content, what's important for me to take away from it, it feels more daunting and a little bit less obvious when I should start or stop consuming the information than if I were just watching a two minute video that gave me a promise statement right at the beginning of it that said, by the end of this video, you're going to know how to do X, Y, and Z. Like that's how I gear up to go learn information because it's hyper clear with what I'm actually going to get out of it. And then I get to just sit back and have auditory and visual information enter into me. It feels a lot more seamless, a lot more like the, the, the hard work is being done by the content itself and not by the consumer of the content. I love that because it's easier. There's so much there. Sprocketeers, you should probably rewind and listen to that because that's a foundation of why you're wanting to think about doing video if you're not doing video yet. But, well, if the folks that are watching, listening, the Sprocketeers are actually doing video and they're thinking about or are putting it on YouTube, when you think of a YouTube business mindset versus the typical, like, I'm going to have ad revenue or I'm going to do affiliate links or all the other, like, fun YouTube stuff there, what are the major separators or differences that you really teach your clients to focus in on when you are thinking about it's a search engine, so let's approach it this way? That's a great question. And I, that's what I think businesses sort of need to break out of really the heuristics that they've been sort of introduced to YouTube by. You see the people that are going for absolute reach and absolute exposure, and they're really worried about subscriber count and view count and ad revenue. And all they really need is like more total watch time on their channel. And so that's where businesses start with their, their content. And I think the first thing that businesses should do is understand that that's not what you're trying to do with your business on, on YouTube. Unless you're looking for like or other facets of revenue, we're not trying to do any of that. All we're trying to do is create helpful content that's easily searchable. All we want to do is be the best answer to questions online to build trust with prospects that are in our industry that should be educated from a business itself. That's how you really build trust with people that are trying to educate themselves online now. And so the first thing that I tell businesses before I do anything else is I say, stop thinking about it at this like channel wide level and get really video specific. Because again, when you see the heuristics of a YouTube channel, the first thing you're thinking about is like, how do I build a community around the videos I'm making? And how do I hit this from the top down? And, and really that's how you're gonna go into this over analysis paralysis. Well, you'll be making content like squealing your wheels trying to figure out like who you're speaking to and what it's for. And really the way that you should be starting with YouTube is from the bottom up. And what I mean by that is don't think of it as this channel yet. That'll come in month six or year two or whatever. Start to identify really meaningful information that's not currently available on Google or YouTube in a really easy way. That's what I call YouTube channels, Google snippet collectors before they are community creators. What I mean by that is we should be identifying searches that we want to be the best answer to online and first hit that information, whether that's just a 40 second, one question, one answer video or a five minute high level like product review or service review. That's the needle moving videos of, of making YouTube content first. And that's where you're going to slowly create a community 
from the bottom up rather than like trying to identify how you're going to tackle YouTube as a business from the top down, if that makes sense. Yeah, it totally makes sense. I actually love the idea of I'm going to create this one video for that one person who has that one question. And you're going to do that 20 times, 50 times, 100 times, creating those snippets that you're talking about. And then you wake up one day and you go, wow, I've got all the pieces I need to make a channel. So when you, when you think in this mode, the question that comes to me first, Will, is I'm a business, I get it, I'm gonna create these one videos, but how do I know which one videos are the first one videos that I should actually be creating? There's a lot of different ways a business can uncover that, but really it's how well do you know your target customer is at the end of the day. You're trying to identify how your prospects search for information once you can guarantee that they're a qualified prospect of yours, so you should only be educating people that you really want to have conversations with, and you're hitting them in that sweet spot of they know they need some offering, but they don't know what they need or who to get it from yet. That is that sweet spot of information of people that are searching for content all the time online and not getting really the information that they're looking for because a lot of this is not out there because there's a lot of businesses that are just waiting for people to pick up the phone and call a salesperson to have that stuff get answered. And we can get them while they're sitting on the Google search engine asking these really specific questions. My mind is racing a couple of different ways. And I guess the first question I want to ask, because you leaned into, I don't want to talk to everybody, which by the way, is a huge YouTube mind shift because typically I want this video to go viral and I want 40,000 views because that equals $500 in CPM, blah, blah, blah. If we are going with this unique mindset of it, I don't want everybody to watch. Is there a way that you teach your clients to structure the videos, the intro to the video, so that the, the viewer immediately knows, oh, this is not for me, or, oh, this is for me? Absolutely. And this starts to get into, we call it like video SEO, where you want to be hyper clear with, yes, the viewer, but almost more importantly, with the search engine itself, what it is that the video conveys. We do this in a few ways from a production standpoint of formulate your intros, I mean, you know how you search or watch YouTube videos. Within the first 15 seconds, you're deciding whether or not it's the information you thought it was going to be. You ask a question online, there's a video that you think is going to deliver that. You have this heightened awareness of trying to identify, is this really what I thought I was going to get out of the content? Is this really going to fulfill what I need from a video right now? You're just, you've really decided that within the first 15 seconds of the videos. When I work with businesses that are sort of missing the mark on making content with purpose or having a specific reason for the content, I always ask two questions. I say, all right, you're in pre-production, you're making a new script, that's awesome. You better be able to answer this in a breath without thinking too hard. Why is somebody watching this video? Or where is somebody watching this video? Or what did they search for to find this video? And the second question is, what do they wanna be able to do or know or understand after they watch this video? Because then you're finding a time and a place and a purpose for the content that you're making. And businesses that are missing the mark on that, I make them put a promise statement in the first 15 seconds of this video where you literally say, by the end of this video, you're gonna be able to do, or by the end of this video, you're gonna be able to know whether or not this makes sense for you or whatever that is. But you're, you're giving them a promise that says, this is why you're here, I know why you're here, and I'm gonna promise you that by the end of this video, you're gonna do what you wanna do because I've nailed it. You've, and that, that basically syncs up with what the title of the video is, what the thumbnail teaser text is, and then you hit them right on the minute in that first 10 seconds so that they go, yes, this is the information I'm looking for. Enjoying this podcast? Make sure you show the love. Go to Apple Podcasts, hit that subscribe button, and leave a review. Help us become the strongest strategy podcast on the internet. Get access to hidden episodes and bonus content. Head over to sprockettalk.com forward slash strategy. And one other little bit of information that I add into that statement too is right after a promise statement, I give a stick around statement. 
So we have, there's a reason that you come to a YouTube video, yes. And you're sitting there in the first 15 seconds identifying whether or not this is the information you thought it was gonna be. And then for the rest of the video, you're sitting there waiting for your question to be answered. And we don't want our audience to really fall off halfway through the video once they find out the information that they came for. We say, by the end of this video, you're gonna be able to do X, Y, and Z, but stick around to the end where I give you A, B, and C whether that be five questions to ask the vendors or the checklist of things to consider before making a purchase, whatever that may be. But like give them the nugget that goes, okay, I didn't come for this, but I'm going to stay for this. I love that. The promise and then the stick around. The one-two punch for businesses, that is magical. And it's, I love the way that you put that. It's super simple. Sprocketeers, you may again want to rewind that section. There's a lot there. Here's one area that I want to take maybe what seems like a hard right turn, but I think it's very important for the businesses that are viewing or listening to this. And that is if you go on YouTube and you pay attention to YouTubers telling other YouTubers what metrics you should pay attention to, I have a feeling that for businesses, that's completely different. So when you're talking to your clients, what metrics really matter when you're in this mindset of YouTube is a search engine, it's one video for one person who had that one question, watch time, click through, like what, what are the metrics that you're getting them to look at day in, day out and really pay attention to? Yeah, that's a great question. And I, I get a lot of people that come to the table for the wrong reasons here. So before I tell people what they need to be looking at, I first tell them what they shouldn't be worrying about. And again, this comes back to our like channel wide versus video specific conversation, but people want to know how many views they should have on their content right after it's posted or how many subscribers they should get from each video. And that's really what we want to break out of. We want to think about our content at a video specific level and we don't want it to be more reach or more exposure for our brand. Ultimately, the purpose of our videos should be to have a specific point in place when they're watched and only by people that absolutely need them. And what I mean by that is we don't really want someone to like stumble on the content that we're creating because again, it's not used so people like hear our name more. It's there's a specific time and a place for being the best answer to a question online. When you get on the back end of YouTube studio for a business that hasn't done it much before, it's super complicated. There's a lot of different metrics you can look at. You can see the sources of information. And so I break it down by saying there's three things that we should prioritize when making any decision in pre-production or production or post-production. Always come back to these three off-page uh, video SEO metrics. And to dial it back just a minute, we have on-page video SEO and we have off-page video SEO. On-page is essentially anything on YouTube that you can change, like the title, the description, the thumbnail, the video itself, like all of those things that you have a direct control over. And YouTube cares about that stuff, but more importantly, they care about the indirect off-page SEO metrics, which is the stuff that happens indirectly because of your on-page SEO. And what this stuff is, is like um, the total watch time of your content and the, the viewer duration and audience retention and click-through rate. That's the stuff that YouTube cares about because it's way more insightful for how, I'll say like how valuable the information is that that has actually put on YouTube. To move forward again, the three video SEO metrics that you should always be optimizing for and always be asking yourself the question if you're doing the right thing to improve that metric. The first is click-through rate. The second is session watch time. And the third is audience retention. All click-through rate is, is how often your video loads in search versus how often people actually click on it. I say a video impression, but all a YouTube impression is, is a thumbnail a title, and the first 135 characters of the description. That's all the sales pitch you have to get somebody to agree, yeah, this is a video I wanna watch. And we've all seen a bunch of these, we know what's clickable, what's not clickable. We don't wanna make, so our high click-through rate basically comes from people clicking on our video often. You don't get a high click-through rate by having like a clickbaity title 
or a really uh, like attractive looking thumbnail. I mean, yes, that helps, but more importantly, we want to improve our click-through rate, not by getting more clicks, but by having less people have the opportunity to see the video in the first place. And what I mean by that is we only want our content to be clicked on by people that are specifically looking for it. Because again, we're not having people stumble on our information. If we're making really video specific content, then we're answering questions that we can guarantee whoever's looking for this is only gonna find our video and it's gonna be the best version of the answer of that. The way that you improve your click-through rate is essentially have very, very niche video tags on your YouTube videos. You're only, I mean, tags are essentially the one place that you have to be hyper clear with YouTube who should and should not see your video. And you don't want to show this video to anybody that's not going to watch it in totality. So this is moving into our second off-page SEO metric, which is audience retention. One of the biggest things that YouTube cares about is having people stay on YouTube. They're going to promote video content that keeps people on YouTube. A video is a good video when somebody watches 100% of it. And so this ties really directly with click-through rate, but we want our video to only be seen by people that are going to click on the video, which means it's the information that they're looking for. And then we want to create that video in a way that people watch the entire amount of the video. So in pre-production, this means packing a ton of information really succinctly in a really valuable way. But in post-production, what this really is, is us identifying exactly who should and shouldn't see this video. If somebody's looking up a, a review video for a chair, do they want to see the comparison video for the chair that we made or not? Or if somebody Googles, what is insert service. Do they really want to see like the pros and cons of the service video or not? The first thing that I do with businesses is go walk through their tags and, and ask them if they're being clear with YouTube, who to show this video to when, because it shouldn't be anything more than the best answer to the question that people are looking for, for that specific video. If you're optimizing for click-through rate and audience retention, chances are you're, you're putting the viewer before yourself. And what I mean by that is that's the, I mean, the golden rule here is put the viewer first and only show your content to the people that are supposed to see it so that you have a high click-through rate and then watch the video in totality because that's YouTube will know then this is the right answer to this question. People don't go look for more information after this. There's no second side of the story that they need. People ask this question, they watch this video and then they, they get the information that they need. And then the third and final one that I said there is session watch time. All that metric is, is after somebody watches your video, how long do they stay on YouTube after? And what that means is, the more that we can give somebody to do logically next, the more of a path we can make them, like the more we can allow them to just be in cruise control and say, I'm learning from an expert. They're telling me what to go learn next. So I don't have to feel like I'm going to visit their blog and see what sticks out to me. We should be telling them something really specific to do next. Hopefully it's watch another video. Nine times out of 10, it is go watch another video where we say, now that you know how to do A, B, and C, it's time for you to X, Y, and Z. Have a CTA at the end of your video that keeps somebody engaged and gives them another thing to go do to again, just keep them on YouTube and improve your own session watch time. That's some good stuff right there, Will. And to be honest with you, I have a ton of questions that I wanna ask you about cards and end screens and like thumbnails and how to optimize for click through and what we should be saying in the video at the end to continue on that journey. But it's interesting as the last question I asked you, I'm gonna go in a direction that I don't know I've heard anybody talk about. Because here's the thing, I'm a little bit of a video nerd. I've watched people like Brian G. Johnson and Nick Nimmin talk about the importance of your title and the importance of your thumbnail and the importance of your tag. But you referenced something in that last segment about the 135 characters of your description. Is there some magical method or some framework that you talk to your clients about? Look, you should treat that 135 characters like this to get the maximum impact out of it. 
So I'm gonna start by answering that question by saying what I do when I'm coming up with a YouTube video. Something that we really push with our clients that are insourcing video is streamlining pre-production. Because I think a lot of businesses that are getting started producing videos feel like they're living really close to their brand and they have to be perfect and they want to cross all the T's and dot the I's. And so we try to get people to push for quantity over quality first and understand that you're probably gonna constantly be making iterations of your own content. So for pre-production, streamline it as much as you can. And all I do before I start filming a YouTube video is I say in this order, what is the working title for this video? Okay, I have that. What is the promise statement for this video? I asked myself the same two questions I said initially. And then what is the primary keyword for this video? And when I say primary keyword, I'm essentially identifying something that I know is searched by my prospects and a phrasing and when you're starting out, it should be longer tail. And what I mean by that is just more niche. Your primary keyword probably shouldn't be one or two words when you're just getting started. It needs to be something that's more specific. So like four to six words maybe. And once you identify that, that primary keyword is what you try to own with, with both Google and YouTube. Anytime somebody puts that primary keyword into the little search box, you want to be available for that because that's your indicator. You're, you're being seen by the right audience. Whoever's searching that on Google or whoever's searching that on YouTube is someone that you can infer with like 90% confidence. You want to be having a conversation with them to some extent. And so that primary keyword lives in the title of my YouTube video. That primary keyword is the first tag of my YouTube video. And then in the same phrasing, it's in the first 135 characters of my description. And this is you like screaming to the rooftops exactly what this video is about to YouTube because you're just trying to be really clear with YouTube, the search engine, the algorithm, who this video is for and when. It's unbelievable when you pick a three to six word long tail keyword and you make that your title, you make that in the 135 characters of your description and you make that the first tag, you will be almost undoubtedly given the benefit of the doubt, even if you have two subscribers on your YouTube channel, the top ranking video for that when it's searched on YouTube. As long as you're being niche enough and as long as you're being clear with YouTube what it's for, They'll give you the benefit of the doubt when you're being that clear with them. Well, if people want to reach out to you, if they have more questions about video, business, YouTube, all of that good stuff, where do you want to send them? Yeah, I am very active on LinkedIn. I get a lot of messages actually of people just one-offing questions about video to me there. Absolutely. I'll, I'll send you the link. You can attach it to this uh, podcast and feel free to request a, a friend with me on there and ping me with any questions you may have. I'm a easy messenger. And then I also do little meetings with whoever would like to talk to me because I'm a bit of a video nerd myself. There's always good things when you're a video nerd. Listen, Sprocketeers, here's the deal. Think about the mindset that you have around YouTube. Start to think of it as a search and think about quality and quantity, but quantity over quality because you can always iterate over time. Don't think channel, think one person, one question, one video. And while you're doing all that, we'll be here waiting for you in the next episode. Did you enjoy this episode of the 15 Minute Strategy Podcast? We'd love to know. Leave a rating and written review wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And keep that learning going by visiting sprockettalk.com. Sign up for your free membership. And in that membership area, you can find bundled episodes where we combine like strategies to help you grow better. Make the world better and share this episode with your friends and coworkers who may be battling the same obstacle. You can always reach out to George B. Thomas on Twitter with questions or guest suggestions or just to talk about your favorite Marvel superhero. Now go out into the world and leverage this strategy for your success. And we'll see you in the next episode of the 15-Minute Strategy Podcast.